Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the From the Finney podcast with Ollie, Jimmy, George from Lanks Live and me, Jake. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the last minute win over Derby County, the 2-0 win against Coventry at Deepdale and review what has been an up and down year, not just for North End, but for everyone. Enjoy. Hello, fellas. How are we? Good. Good, mate. Good. Good. Merry Christmas and all that. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year and whatnot. Um, Ollie, glad you can join us, mate. No, you're not feeling too well. Feeling good, mate. Um, before we crack on, just a final reminder for this year that you can support us here at From the Finney. You can make a donation, and that just goes towards helping with the running costs of the podcast and the website. You can just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And we're also closing in on 2,000 followers on Twitter. I think we're about 20 away now. So it'd be good to hit that 2,000 target before the end of the year. Um, yeah, fellas, let's start with a 96-minute winner. Doesn't really yeah, get much, fe- much better, does it? Yeah, good feeling, really. Um, a bit of a strange game, I think. I suppose, what was, your, what was your perspective on it, George? Obviously, you were there, so you could probably give us a good indication of what Derby was like and your thoughts. Um, I thought when they got the man sent off, I thought we looked pretty good. I thought we looked good a bit for about five minutes before that. Um, but at half time, I was sort of very confident they were going to come out and score. Um, I thought we finished the half pretty well. Didn't create too many clear chances, but got into some good positions. Um, and then the changes just just didn't work. Um, Stockley and Reese didn't have an impact at all the changing shape looked wrong um, and I can get why he did it because he's trying to sort of change the flow of the game or whatever but just I just didn't think it worked and I didn't see the goal coming at all because I thought they looked pretty comfortable um, and then it's just one of them where you, you're not you're not played great and you, and you win and that's probably as satisfying as as any other win because you don't really see it coming and it was a great finish I thought didn't panic um, I think I wrote that it's probably not many players you'd have wanted that to fall to like over Brown because I think he, he just got that cool head inside the box a bit like that um, finish at Huddersfield and yeah wins a win yeah yeah I thought like, the change is just like I know I know why I can sort of get why he did it in terms of going two up top but the two lads up top just were ineffective and I, think, I thought yeah. moving Earl back to centre half it just limited us down the left you know, because Earl was doing well when they were four at the back, and I suppose credit to the manager to be fair, like because he recognised it after about fifteen minutes of playing that that three at the back. You know, went back to a four, four at the back shape, and yeah, this sort of felt like a smash and grab, didn't it? Really, but yeah. you sort of take that all day long. You you sort of got to give Derby a bit of credit because they made the changes at half time. You know, and they were resilient. You know, they hadn't conceded in the previous four games before that, so you sort of got to give them a bit of credit. You know, they've absolutely tonked Birmingham last night. You know, so, yeah, yeah. I th- I th- it's one of those where, you know, what's it, first win there in nearly 20 years as well. It's just sods love, isn't it? All these victories are happening that we've not had for years when there's no fans there. None yeah. of us are able to experience it. But, 
you just yeah. take it, don't you? I've actually written about um, Wayne Rooney's derby. I wrote about it yesterday, I think. Obviously, they won 4-0 last night. I thought their, their shape change at half-time was class. Um, and I think me and Jimmy spoke about it when they played Swansea, their man-to-man orientation. And I didn't notice it on Boxing Day, but they actually did the same against us, just to a less extreme effect. But, yeah, I think he went three at the back because he wanted a 3v2, because they went 4-3-2. Um, but, yeah, it just didn't work. And I think that's three goals in a row on Boxing Day for Alan Brown. I think he scored against Hull a couple of years ago. Yeah. Obviously got the Leeds goal last year. Um, to be fair, I think the keeper was un- like didn't have proper sight of the ball because it weren't in the corner. Um, I think it just went past the keeper, but it was a very good run from Ledson as well, which gave Brown yeah, like a yard a yard of space. Um, and yeah, I think every goal he scored this season has been from right back or right wing back. Um, yeah, the two I think against, he scored um, both at Huddersfield yeah. and then obviously on Boxing Day. So yeah, that was our was that our second win in a row. Um, obviously had a clean sheet as well, but I think Derby are a much better side than what they're league league positions suggest. I think they'll be comfortably sort of mid table. Rooney's Rooney's um, made some some improvements there big time, hasn't he? Yeah, I think have they lost one in eight now? Something like that. So yeah. you know, that was never a relegation sort of squad, was it? Um my mate's a big Derby fan. He reckons Steve McLaren's had quite a big impact, but obviously Rooney's leading it. So, you know, you can't have too much to say about it. But yeah, that was a big win. Um obviously Sinclair injury I think Neil said yesterday it wasn't that serious, but I think that just hampt- hampered North End because they went Barky and Sinclair as wingers. Didn't really play with wing-backs, played with wingers. Um, but yeah, the changes just didn't work and Stockley and Reese did fuck all. You can um, understand why he did it because I think Maguire struggled, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, people say Alex Neil ain't adaptable, but he is. He is. He yeah. adapts to the situation and the game. Um. But yeah, like like George says, if you want someone, it's probably going to be Alan Brown or Scott Sinclair in it in that sort of situation. Yeah, and it was it felt felt good that because I didn't see a winner coming to be honest. No, no good good jump around the lounge. So <laughs> <laughs> not break anything. No, mate, I got a bollocking, but that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, yeah, on on to Coventry then. Obviously, that was last night as we're recording. Um, what what did you make of Mark Robbins' comments after the game? Obviously, George, you would have been there. Well, in fact, we'll start with you. What what was it like from your point of view? You were in the ground and and you were there. Obviously, apart from freezing your bollocks off. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't feel my knees by the end of it or toes. But um, I think the manager said it afterwards. I never felt like we were going to lose um, throughout the game, even in the first half when I don't think we were good at all. Passing was terrible. Midfield didn't look very good. But they just looked, I think, while his com- while the commentary manager's comments about deserving to win were maybe a, a little bit, I don't know why he's really come out and said that. I think they looked good in spells, but I don't think they deserve to win. Um, but he did say something like they were trying to score the perfect goal. And I think it was a bit like that at times where they were maybe overplaying a bit or getting into good positions and just needed someone to try and have a shot. And they were trying to walk through us, I think. Um I thought they looked a decent side, just not very threatening. Maybe missing a couple of quality players. I don't know who they've got out through injury, but Tyler Walker was missing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was one. Yeah, but I thought they gave us a decent game. I thought our two goals were 
sort of punishing errors. The second one, I don't think you'll see a worse goal. It was just as a manager, that must be infuriating to see that. I mean, four or five times they could have cleared it, but I, thought, I was glad to see Sean, Sean Maguire score because I thought he had a decent game. Um, scruffy goal, and yeah, just sort of got the job done, didn't we? Um, didn't weren't spectacular, but solid enough to to win. Yeah, Darbo had the beating of Josh Earl every time, didn't they? Pretty much decent. All night. Yeah, looked a decent play. Yeah. It's the first game Josh Hill's been tested defensively since he's been back in. Yeah, I mean, I know O'Dowd did a bit of a job on him second half against Bristol City, but that's the first game when you think, yeah, he's still a little bit got a bit more in terms. Yeah, because going forward, it looks great. You know, it looks like he's actually offering us something. Although yesterday there wasn't, he wasn't as threatening going forward. I didn't think. I thought he because it was wing back against wing back. It didn't feel as threatening for him uh, and that Darbo was, was decent you know that's the first time I've seen him play I thought you've got to give a bit of credit to how Coventry set up that first half that Gustavo Hamer is a right player he's he's top drawing and I think what the way I sort of interpreted managers comments last night from, from their point of view he's he's got a league one nucleus of his team with a couple of good championship players he probably needs to strengthen because I just think they're just lacking that little bit of championship edge. A bit like Rotherham the past yeah. couple of years when they've been at this level, when they've just they've just got that little bit missing to to win games. A bit like probably Wickham are going through now. Yeah, you, you just you just need that little bit of quality, don't you, to to win a game against us? Because we were probably a, a decent championship team last night. Just hard to break down. You know, we didn't keep the ball well, but when we got the chances, we've had what two, maybe three shots on target last night, and we scored twice. So, you know, we'll take that all day long, really. Yeah. I think they just look like a nice team, didn't they? A lot yeah, of nice, yeah. not a lot of nice players. I think they had 58% possession, but they didn't have one big chance in the game. You can say Darbo did well. Is that his name? But 34 crosses he had last night and they only completed four of them. I don't think they never looked like threatening us. I think they played basically a diamond in midfield. Um, and Gordon up front by himself, but they just had no penetration. I thought both wing-backs, they didn't really penetrate us inside, they stayed very wide, um, and then North End just obviously stuck the wing-back out there, defended the box with the other four, 4v2, 4v1, comfortable. Coventry had five shots outside the box, which will take all day. I think Hamer had a decent shot um, that Rudd saved quite comfortably, but yeah, when it's wing-back versus wing-back though, and Whichever side has territory, it's going to be hard for the other wing back to defend if it's one v one. Um, so, you know, I've seen a few people saying Josh Earl didn't make a tackle and stuff, but I think if you want some attacking impetus in your team, you might as well put Earl in there if you're playing a back five because you've got four other defenders to defend the box. So, obviously, he got taken off, but it wasn't a massive issue for me. I didn't think we were in danger. Um, I think that's Maguire's third goal of the season, all from set pieces, all very similar goals. Brentford goal was pretty similar to last night. Obviously, had a header against Barnsley, so got an assist as well. So I think he's doing all right for me, Shawnee. Um, I think Jake said a few weeks ago, very similar to Reese, but actually very different and gives us, you know, a very good couple of options, I think. Um, I didn't think Reese looked up for it last night, to be honest, when he came on. I thought I he just looked a bit, a bit flat. And, and against Derby as well, but yeah, I think it was. I think it was hard against Derby, but I thought last night probably should have suited him when he came right. on. But 
Yeah, I think North End just looked a level above Coventry. Yeah, like, just on Shortney. Um, that's three goals and two assists for him this season in just over a hundred and ninety minutes. So it's like it's just over hundred hundred ninety minutes. Uh, sorry, a hundred ninety minutes per goal contribution. All right. Yeah, decent. So decent. Just just over one in two, which. I think he's played something like 970 minutes or something like that. So yeah. it's not not bad, not bad at all, considering yeah. the amount of stick he's got in the past yeah. as well. Well, we, we were saying, there was a, probably about six weeks ago, saying, where does he fit in now? Because I think Reese was starting a lot of games up front and Sinclair was playing off the left. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's come back in. Obviously, Reese is on the bench now. Sinclair's had the injury. So we all like Maguire, don't we? Glad he's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. He, He's had to adapt his game, hasn't he? Because he's a different, now he's, he's a different player. Yeah, because obviously since he's lost his, I suppose that little bit of extra pace that he probably once had when he first arrived, he's had to change his game completely. I think he's decent. He's back to goal now as well. His link-up play is it's good. You know, it, it does stick to him. So it just gives us different options. And I thought personally, but he'd put Maguire left last night and put Reese up front. I thought he'd stick with his usual shape, but. You know, I think it's quite obvious now. I think every time we've played a team of three at the back this season and played back in the last season, he's matched them yeah. like for like. So, you know, no complaints from me. And it's it's a good result. It's a what third clean sheet in a row, nine points from three games. You you take that all day long, given third, the three fixtures we've had. Third clean sheet at home as well. Yeah. So just keep just keep ticking over, don't we? That's yeah. that's the main yeah. thing now. I, I think George I you I sorry, Ella, go on. Oh, I just gonna say I don't like us in a back three, me. We're just we don't look comfortable. Many, we just never have as many attacking rotations because you've got the wing backs. They can't rotate with anyone. Just one v one wide. I just don't like watching it. But that's just being picky. I don't Gets think the job done. I don't think we're particularly comfortable with it either. To be fair, we know what we're good at with that four mm. at the back. You know, and the interchangeable four. You yeah. know, we're good at we're good at that shape. Um, I suppose we will be like that shape come Saturday because obviously Forest have played four at the back in every game they've played the season. I can't see them just changing to three at the back, you know, on, on a whiff. So, yeah, it's we just keep plodding on, just keep doing what we're doing. What five points off the playoffs now? Plenty of points away from the drop zone. It's it's just such a tight league. I, I think between fifth and twentieth, there's just such a similar similar abilities right the way through. So mm. you know, it, it just takes that little bit of a run of form and bit of momentum and you can be right up there again like, like we've just shown four points off the playoffs Jim not five. Oh, sorry is it from yeah hey, mate, tell that all day long yeah <laughs> mate, my, my table's from about 75 minutes from last night so it's a bit <laughs> rich me pulling you up on maths as well after my howler last night yeah but you can't add up so that's that's a complete <laughs> difference isn't it we let me we are just not in a relegation battle at all no we're nowhere near no, it no. I don't think yeah see, six, the thing 16 is, though, points Away from Sheffield Wednesday. We were, we never were. I'm just saying it now. We never were. It was unsustainable that form we ran that run at home. It was never gonna it was never gonna continue for the whole length of the season. A bit like how we were never gonna be second in the away form table all season. You know, it's just not gonna happen. I still don't think there's a team that scored more goals than us away from home. But we're just we're just doing all right. We're just ticking over. Just that's the championship. You just I I don't like I said, I've said before, Ned, I don't know what people expect us to be. You know, we're not going to be a top two side in the championship. That's just, you know, we don't have the financial capability to do that. You know, we don't have the players to do that at the minute. So it's just one of them. Like, if we finish in the top 10, then we've had a great season. 
if we finish higher than that, then bloody great. You know, that, that's phenomenal, really, considering our budget and our resources and the squad that we've got. You know, and you've got to give a lot of credit to the manager at that point. You know, there's still people having to go at the manager about last night. You know, end of the day, we've won the game 2 0 and kept a clean sheet. It's winning ugly. It's just like, it's one of the things that sometimes you've got to do. Some, it's something I think we've been critical of in the past as well, the fact that we've not been able to do that. Well, yeah, we've yeah. not managed games before, have we? Like, some yeah. games where we've not managed games and, and like some goals we conceded have just been sloppy. That goal at Barnsley, where we've just not stopped a quick free kick. You know, I don't know, if, don't know if you boys have noticed, but literally any time it's a free kick now for the opposition, they're literally they're, they're running to stop the, stop a quick free kick because they must have had it absolutely right at Red to him. Was it the... Um... Was it the was it the Rotherham game or the Barnsley game? There was one game where Stockley didn't stand over the ball. Or was Rotherham, it Rotherham one? Uh, Can't remember. But Bar- since no, it was Barnsley. Barnsley. Rotherham was Rotherham was the uh, the Rafferty not bringing the lad down yeah. on halfway, wasn't it? Yeah. Since then, whenever Stockley must have got bollocked for that, and since then we've been banged on it. I think Galley did it last night. It's just little things like that, isn't it? Yeah. Just managed the game. Yeah. Um, just going back to Maguire quickly, George, you've you've written something for obviously for work um, about how Alex Neal's come out and said that he thinks Shawnee's changed his game. Um, do you want to just give people a bit of an insight into sort of what Alex has said for those that might not have read it? Yeah, um, I think you've you've touched on it. I think it all goes back to him losing a bit of pace, um, which is only going to be natural when you've had two hamstring injuries. Um, He's basically said, as long as Sean chips in every now and then with a with a goal, I think we can accept he's not going to score fifteen to twenty um, anymore. Well, it'd be nice if he did, but I think realistically, maybe ten is is a good target for him to try and get to. Um, and he's just basically said he's a he's a team player. That I think it is true that when he's in the team, we do tend to play better, even if he's not the one. It's always scoring or whatever. Um, I think he helps other people um, in the team, links it up well. And he also said something, I've not put this in my piece because it wasn't my line as such, but something about him not being a little man up front. He said, if you ask any championship centre-half, is Sean Maguire a little, just a little guy up front to play against? He's not. He's really strong, brilliant in the air, horrible to play against. And I just think he's maybe been a bit underappreciated um, at times. Emile's come in. Sean, it's not easy to score in the championship. I think Maguire is a pretty, pretty solid player. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't go wrong, really, can you? And, he, and he's got, I mean, not to the same extent that Alan Brown can, but he's got the ability to play in a couple of different positions as well. Yeah, just the, I just think he's a good player. He's tied him down to a new contract. I think he's, I think he's just a good player to, to have in the squad. He might not play every week, but when he comes in, you know what he's gonna, gonna give you. He does it pretty, pretty well more often than not. Um, never lets you down in terms of effort or uh, sort of desire and sort of works from the front, defends from the front. And uh, I do think he makes the team better when, when not maybe not all the time, but I think when he's in the team, we tend to play a bit better. Yeah. yeah I think if you look at most of our good performances this season, I think Maguire's probably started. Yeah. I think at the start of last year, um, when we were doing really well, if you look at all the goals... I don't think he, he might not have scored many of them, but he was he won like five, four or five penalties, and yeah. got got a few assists, and 
Yeah, I just think he's a, a very, very good team player. Yeah, Even tired. if that's not what you want from your striker, I think people are always going to harp on about the goals. But if he can get, yeah. eight, say, eight to ten goals, I think he'll give you a lot more along with that as well. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember his um, little pass to Earl at Derby when he just flicked it around the corner? Do you remember, Jimmy? Yeah. yeah. Mm. He's, clever. he's a clever just little player. He's clever. Yeah. clever in here. It's like his assist at Bournemouth for Sinclair's worldy. You know, winning the ball in the air like he did. It's just... I think he's just he's like we said he's had to change his game he's just a little bit under-respected I think you know because everyone just does see him as this little Irish striker that we've got but he offers us so much more than I suppose what's actually there in terms of goals and assists you know he's actually if you, if you take second assists and actual contribution to plays into account then he does offer us quite a bit I think it's probably good now that Emil's here as well because there's competition for that spot you know, it's not like we've just got one option up front because if you look at the amount of games that Shawnee played last season, you know, quite or probably unchallenged because there was no relevant competition for his spot. You know, now at least he's got someone breathing down his neck. So if he's not performing, then someone else can come in. Yeah, it's probably not helped him out how, how good he was when he first came as well because he was mm-hmm. like he was the guy, weren't he? When he first yeah, came. you're really excited to sort of watch him every week. He That's was lightning when he came, weren't he? Yeah. He was yeah. so quick yeah. when he came. That friendly against Burnley when he made it, when he, um, his yeah. first game, mm-hmm. bloody hell! You know, you think you, you watch it, you think, Christ, who's this? You know, <laughs> yeah. because he was that quick. You know, and I obviously came on at half time, and literally, I was like, "We've got yeah. a player here." But obviously, it's really unfortunate what's happened with his injuries, but you know, fair play to him for adapting his game like he has. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, last one then before we break. Uh, this one's a question for you, Ollie, from Twitter. I think you know exactly what it is, uh, but. Crocky asks, how have North End recorded three clean sheets in a row for the first time since 2015 with Hunts in the team? How have we get three clean sheets in a row with Earl in the team? People have just been saying Earl's a bad defender. It's all about correlation and causation, isn't it? Like, Hunts didn't do anything wrong last night, but, you know, I'm not going to go on. Isn't it? It's the unit, isn't it? And we've changed the way we play. We've, I don't know what... I, I can find the passes per defensive action for the last few games, but I bet it's a lot higher than it has been. Because um, you're exposing one-on-one, he'll get absolutely battered, I'm telling you. So, he's got a new contract. Is he going to play? The season starts in eight, nine months next season. Is he going to be eight, nine months old? Is he going to be good enough to play in the next season? Obviously, the club think he is. Um, most fans think he is. So, yeah, let's just hope he carries it on because, you know, people weren't like, when we when we lost 3-0 and he got hooked to, um, was it Luton, people weren't saying how bad he was then. So, yeah, obviously yeah. delighted to keep a clean sheet, but like, I'm not sure you can just put it all down to hunts. I think Ben Davis absolutely coast through the last three or four games. I think he was um, the match last night. Yeah, it was for me. I think Maguire was mine last night. But I think Ben Davis, like when you've got Ben Davis alongside you, it'll make it'll make anyone look good. Yeah, that, that's that's the thing for me because Hunts and Davis have got a partnership and they've probably played 80 to 100 games together as a combination. That relationship and that partnership is priceless for me because if Davis goes in January, Hunts will probably get exposed a lot more for, for me because he's then going to be playing with someone that, he's probably not used to playing with because you can't play Hunts and Stories together 
Well, I was just that, going to say, you've seen it when they've played together, that both of them have been that's, exposed. That's, always, that's a recipe for disaster for me. You know, you've got to give Ben Davis a lot of credit. Yeah, Hunt's playing well. And, you know, I love the bones of the man. I think he's, I think he's been an amazing servant to the football club. You know, he's three games off 300 appearances, you know, despite all the challenges he's been through. You know, he's been offered moves to leave before and he's said, no, I'm not going to fight for my place, you know. And to be fair, if you look at it from a personal perspective and take the football out, out of the equation, you know, they don't make him like that anymore. You know, he's not, he's a model pro compared to a lot of players in the game now. Is he the best centre-half at the club? No. You know, Ben Davis is, and Pat, Pat Bowers ahead of him as well in the pecking order, you know, when he's fully fit. But he's going to come in and do a job when you, you want him to, then yeah, he'll do it to the best of his ability. It is a limited ability, you know, let's not beat around the bush, but he's going to come in and, and try and do his best. And I, I think the Davis and Hunt's combination is what's make it, what's kept us, what, four clean sheets in our last six games. You know, that's because they've got that relationship and you've got to look at what's in front of them as well. You know, that Galley, these last three games, you can't, you've got to look at how he contributes to us defensively as well. You know, it picks the ball up. It, 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 his positioning in the midfield, and people have slated Brown in terms of his positioning, he's not a six, but we're quite tough to break down in the midfield with Galley there because he's got, he's got it upstairs. He knows what he's doing. And, you know, I suppose that little bit of experience is is probably helping us as well at this moment in time because I think we look a better side since Galley's come back in as well. You know, I don't think I don't think it's any surprise that we've started picking up points and, and Galley's back in the same because you've got someone who can put the foot on the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I think before people start jumping to conclusions as well, I think obviously last night we played a back three. Coventry don't score many. Derby had 10 men for 75 minutes. So... You know, we'll we'll see what happens in the next month or so. But I think we need to sign two centre backs, me. Because I think if Hunts, if Davis goes, I, mean, I don't want Hunts playing every week personally. But I don't care if I get slated for that because it's just my opinion. I think it'll 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 expose it'll expose him. Unfortunately, if if Davis it'll goes. expose it'll expose whoever's playing left back as well because mm. Ben Davis can sweep either side because he's fucking rapid. Godden didn't have a chance last night. Against Ben Davis. Um, yeah, well, we'll call that part one, fellas. We can get Brew and come back for part two. Sound. Sound, see you in a bit. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanx Live. Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan, and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read, and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanx.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. In this part, we're going to review 2020 and we'll finish by looking ahead to the opening game of 2021 against Nottingham Forest. So, fellas, your moment of the year to begin with. Let's let's start there. Jimmy? 
Yeah, moment of the year, I haven't got anything written down because I, I was thinking about it before and it's like, there's not been that many standout, like, momentous occasions. And I suppose it's probably led by the pandemic, that as well. It's just felt very disjointed as a year and it's just not felt great. But I suppose if I'm to pick one, um, I'm going to choose the Brentford game, the, the 4-2, because it's not often we score four goals in the second half after being pretty damn average for... 45 minutes um, you know I've got a different game that I've enjoyed more but you know for our first game at a new stadium without fans there typically I thought Brentford probably ticked every box for the goals we scored yeah Ollie um, mine's no fun lifting the moral high ground trophy for paying the players on time I'm paying the packs I'm paying the tax man say <laughs> so no more on that one George what's your moment of the year yeah I was trying to think of something in a in a game that wasn't a goal, like a little, like for instance, Fisher's tackle against Stoke, but that was last year, something like that, but I couldn't think of anything. So I've got three goals noted down and I'll pick Stockley at Chef Wednesday just because felt like that kept our season alive at the, at the time. Obviously it didn't end up doing, didn't end up doing anything, but no, that was, that was great when that hit the back of the net. Um, so that, yeah, I'll say that. I think for me, I'm with you, Jim. It was the Brentford game. Uh, we looked pretty much dead and buried at halftime, but to score four goals in about 17 or 18 minutes in the second half was, uh, yeah, it was great. And you could just tell as well, I think when that second one went in, their, their heads had just gone. Yeah. Them doing that little huddle. They yeah. thought, we've got, we've got them here. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, George. I just remembered. Remember Pearson's tackle at Stoke? When he sm- when he smashed was it did he smash Joe Allen in Middle Park? Celebrate- when he celebrated yeah. like it was a goal in February. Yeah. 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 That's a good shout. I'm trying to think of something like that. But- that was a cold night. That was a very was cold a night. Very cold night, yeah, right? Yeah. Did I see you there that night, Jake? Yeah, you were with one That's of your mates from you. work. Yeah, that was it. Um I think as well there's got to be an honourable mention for Alan Brown on Boxing Day. Doesn't really get much better than a ninety seven yeah, definitely ninety six minute winner, does it? No. When's the last time we had one of them? God knows. Maguire against Birmingham. Mm, that was a loot. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. From the corner. Yeah. And it's I think hard. as well, I, I actually really enjoyed the um, Emil's announcement video, that, that private jet landing at, at Manchester Airport just cracked me up. Not not something that you're used to seeing from North End social media for obvious no. reasons. We have to make him sign a contract at the airport so he didn't get to another club. <laughs> Um, worst moment of the year then I'll come to you first for this one Ollie um, Joe Rafferty red card against Blackburn because it was a shocking night but it was still nil-nil at that point um, I think it was just on half time weren't it Yeah. and then that obviously led to red card penalty and then obviously the, the, rea- the reaction after was all down to Joe Rafferty being weak and slow so yeah, that was just a horrendous moment. Still have, still have flashbacks by that moment. George, mm, I think there's been quite. I think the lows this year have been very low. I think there've been some dreadful games, dreadful results, and I'll probably say Tyrese's goal because I just think it made a horrific night even, even more horrific. And that was that was just a terrible game. And wanted to go home. And then <laughs> I think <laughs> Pat's injury was pretty rubbish. Um, I think the Cardiff game at home as well, 
when we when Nugent missed that chance, and then they went and scored. That was that was pretty dreadful. And um, it was it was it was weird to describe, but it was pouring down. There was no one there. The game felt like it was in another place, like, and you just you couldn't really hear anything. It was a very strange experience, and we missed that. And you could you could just see the expressions, and then they went and scored. And um, and there was no sort of noise or celebration, and it's just like right season, pretty much going to be done here. And um, that was yeah, that was rubbish. But yeah, Tyrese is if I goal if I have to pick one. Jim, um, strange one for me. QPR at home, um, one the up cruising. They obviously got an equaliser and then they went down to 10 men. You think you're going to win the game and then we get beat 3-1. And that was the last game before lockdown and it just felt like we didn't have the opportunity to put it right due to the pandemic. Then obviously when we came back, we lost the top six and yeah, it was just a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare day really. And I suppose that we, we weren't playing great at that point anyway, but that was like sort of the final straw and then not being able to play for four months after that sort of that was the it was felt like we stewed on it as fans because that was last that last real memory of football. our football yeah. um, and then obviously this situation with the out of contract players that's just not a good feeling for 2020 it's just gone on all year and it's now you know what we've got left two days of December and it's still a cloud that's hanging over us all yeah yeah and, and it probably will do for a few more weeks yeah but yeah, you do. Yeah. Like, like we said off air before, why would they sign now? They'd be stupid to. Well, they're not going to sign two days before transfer window opens, are they? No Let's chance. be honest. No chance. Daniel Johnson can agree to sign for Rangers in two days. Yeah. He, he yeah. can go to Rangers in two days if they agree a fee with the club as well. Mm. You know, and, and you'd think as a club, you'd rather lose a player for a nominal amount than lose him for nothing. Yeah, we've just got to wait and see, haven't we? Yeah. That's, there's nothing we can... It's, it's completely out of everyone's hands now because it's just gone on that long. You know, yeah. we're at this point now where we're not in control of the situation. There's contracts on the table. If they want to sign them, they can sign them. If they don't, then we'll just have to wait and see what comes in in terms of offers. So, yeah. it's it, we're completely out of control of the situation, which isn't great. Yeah, yeah I think... Where you, just, you just want it resolving, don't you? You want it finished. You want yeah, it'd be, I mean, for everyone's sake, it's better to know either way, isn't it? And and hopefully we'll know sooner, well, we will know sooner rather than later, but hopefully it's not dragged out until the end of January, but I won't be surprised if it does. Well, it's just um, drawing a line under it, isn't it? It's just like, just yeah. like it's, it's done then. And then you've got to start looking at the 2022 contracts because we can't be in this situation again in 12 months' time where we're no. like, oh, crap, we might lose Scott Sinclair in six months or three. So, you know, other players like that, just let's just not get ourselves into this situation again. It's probably it. We've probably learnt the hard way this time because it's not happened to us before. Well, let's hope we've learnt. Um, I think, yeah, for me, my worst moment was the second half against Rovers. Um, obviously, the Darnell incident was a bad one. I think the coverage of it as well didn't help. Um, there was the, what the hell's his name at Oxford United? Matty Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Who the same thing, and there was barely any coverage in the national press about it. But yeah, the way that we slipped out of the top six as well, sort of as last season sort of came to an end. Um, yeah, I think did, did we did we slip out of the top six straight away? Was it the Luton game when we drew PR and no Cardiff when we got beat off them? Was it? Yeah, they overtook the us. Places. Didn't they? 
Um, yeah, that Cardiff game was just horrendous. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it was the second half against Rovers. Yeah, I think looking back, it's probably the worst I felt after a game in a long time, probably since that QPR game that you mentioned, Jim. It was, yeah, uh, yeah it was a pretty shit evening, but hey-ho. Um, game of the year. Ollie? I've gone Wigan away for me. Seems like a long time ago, but... Um... It was 2-1 in the end, but it should have been 4-5-0. And I think if you look at the 11 we had out that day, I think it's probably the only time this year we've had that strongest 11 out. I'd say that's our strongest 11. What What was the 11? Rudding Net, Fisher, Bauer, Davis, Hughes, Pearson, Brown, Johnson, Sinclair, Maguire, Barkism. That's just an 11 that knows what it's doing, doesn't it? Um, scored two great goals as well. Some really nice interplay. Thought we saw some good movement from Sinclair. I think Johnson got his 10th for the season that day. And I think he assisted Barkey as well. Great little free ball um, down the side of the defence. Um, and yeah, first half in particular, I think played some great stuff. Yeah, there was that really, really nice pass from Pearson as well in the build-up to one of the mm, goals, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah. Pearson to yeah. Johnson, then Johnson to Barkey. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, That turned it on touchline. Yeah, he was he was he was just on it that day, Pearson. Yeah, I think that was Pearson's best performance of 2020. He was just so good that day. Um, so yeah, I think if we had that 11 out every week, I think we won't be far wrong. No, definitely not. George, game of the year, probably Brentford. Um, with honourable mentions to sort of Chef Wednesday, I thought Bournemouth was good, good game. I had Wigan as well, and then Barnsley was good as well. Away, I thought that was the best we played um, for a bit. Three 0 was it away? That was yeah, played well that night. But yeah, Brentford just thought um, unbelievable game. Didn't see it coming. Four goals as soon as the first one went in. You, you thought something sort of special might be happening, and then the second came, and it was just just all happened so quickly. But yeah, it was brilliant. And the only downside was no one was there to sort of go nuts. But um, Jim, game of the year. Um, Chef Wednesday come back. Thought we, I thought we'd turn the corner at that point. Um, Tree came on, goal and two assists. Um, just thought it's on. You know, I thought that was it. We'd turn the corner. We were going to put a bit of a run together at that point, and unfortunately, we didn't. So, just it was just a good feeling that night. You know, Potsy scored it ninety six minute as well. Like just to seal it, and just thought, yeah, we've, we've got a chance now. And then, yeah. Fell apart, <laughs> so is what it is. But you know, it was a good feeling that night, and you know, honourable shouts to you know that Bournemouth game. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, that standard performance, and then Brentford, obviously, like I mentioned before. Yeah, I think for me, it's one one that none of you have mentioned uh, the Huddersfield away game. I just loved yeah. it. I think it just end like taking my PNE hat off. It's the kind of game that if I was a neutral, I'd I'd look back off, I'd look back on and just be like, yeah, it was a brilliant game, just end to end. Um, obviously, outside of the first sort of ten minutes when when we conceded, um, it, it got a lot better. But yeah, I just thought it was yeah a brilliant game, and and obviously honourable mentions like you say to Brentford, uh, Wigan away, and uh, that Sheffield Wednesday game as well, Jim. Yeah, I think the last ten minutes of that Huddersfield game was as excited as I've been. During the lockdown, yeah, unbelievable. I felt, I felt like I played football when it finished. I was like, I was so exhilarated and like 
Huddersfield made it. Huddersfield made it a good game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Credit to them. Yeah, they could, they, like, they, 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 they came on like with ten men. They went three, three, three. Like, <laughs> what's he doing, this guy? Well, fair play to him because not a lot of managers would do that. They'd probably just try and bank and hope for a set piece or something. But they were lucky toe-to-toe. not to get anything from it as well. Yeah, was it yeah, yeah. they hit the post in the last sort of ten minutes yeah. or something? Yeah, they went toe to toe. Those with ten men. It's like yeah, yeah, and obviously you. You, he caught your eye that day, didn't he, Corbran? So it's like he's he's firmly in your uh, your managers with a big tick next to him in the alley. He's a little noble by the side of my bed. <laughs> Goal of the year, I think this one's going to be a pretty unanimous one. But Jim, we'll start with you. Got Sinclair at Bournemouth. Ollie, I went Josh Harrop. Me, Rovers yeah, away. Yeah, I had that. I was absolutely on my ass. Me when that went in, that was just an. <laughs> Like that, that feeling that that day we were all singing the Scott Sinclair song before he'd even kicked a ball for us. <laughs> yeah, everyone was buzzing in the away end, and it was just an unbelievable strike that for me. And no better place to do it than Ewood Park. I think if I was, it was at Bournemouth, then probably Sinclair might have won it. But just the overall feeling of that goal, unbelievable. George, you you are you in the same boat? Yeah, I just thought. It's how high the ball was when he hit it for me. Sort of like cut across it. But the technique was just ridiculous. Um, how hard he hit it and where, sort of right in the top corner. Um, the, the game as well, what, what match it was. But yeah, Sinclair not, not far behind because that was just ridiculous. And Stockley as well. I mean, postage stamp, top corner volley from 35 yards. Never thought he had that in him, to be fair. But that was a that was pretty pretty special strike as well Jim I think you still think he didn't have that in him don't you I'm not going to go there but I still think <laughs> I still think he's kicking the ball away mate I think he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the most accidental top bins I've ever seen <laughs> oh. Maguire at Bristol City was a good goal as well yeah lovely finish that DJ's uh, little sort of back heel yeah yeah I think for me it was the Sinclair one against Bournemouth um in all honesty, I forgot about the Rovers one, but now you've mentioned it, I, I'd be I'd be hard pushed not to include that, or at least have it on a level. Um, I think for, for me, I think you'd ex, like Sinclair's got like class, hasn't he? Yeah, like, it was an unbelievable still, goal. Like, yeah, it was unbelievable. I think just when you're not there, you're just a bit detached from it, aren't you? Like yeah, it's it not the same watching it through a TV, is it? Mm. I remember. I when Sinclair scored the goal against Bournemouth, she were watching Curry on the iPad or something. I was like, "Have you not just seen what he's just done?" And obviously, because like it was one of the moments, like he's not. It's just a good like it's four passes, I think, from being in our corner. You know, I think Slanky's had a shot. Slanky's had a shot. Uh, Pearson to Barky, Barky to, to Maguire, Maguire's flicked it on Sinclair. One touch, bang, and it's like <laughs> you know, just watch that. Like she's too busy watching what Dev's doing in his corner shop, and I'm there like engrossed in like what what the best goal I've seen in a long time. If we're there, that's just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. But I think I mean, that was the, that's the the deflating part about 2020. You know, the fact that we've missed so many of these games. Yeah, yeah. I think someone put it on Twitter last night. Like it's 270 odd days now since that QPR game, and it just feels like we've not been able to put it right. It's like I've still got that sort of. That thing in me that's that's like 
we've not been able to. I've I personally like that. I've not seen it in the flesh since, and it's like it's still that's my last physical memory of watching North End was that capitulation against QPR when we've tinkered with our shape and we've fallen to bits. You know, yeah. and so it's just still that it's burning it put up inside me still, and it's probably going to be another three or four months at least before we even considered to be going back depending on obviously what happens today so I don't think I don't think it'll be this season to be honest don't know do you that's the scary thing at least this vaccine has been approved now so but yeah yeah would never be an armchair fan no oh it's horrible isn't it yeah awful terrible uh, last one then player of the year Jim um, toss up for me between two um, Declan Rudd and Ryan Ladson I think I think Dex come on leaps and bounds this past twelve months. I think he's actually matured as goalkeeper. Um, he's getting the rewards now for his with, with the clean sheets. You know, what is it for in the last six games? Yes, he's still got a bit of a mistake in him at times. Yes, people can slate his kicking, but I think he's he's got a settled defence in front of him largely now as well. You know, and I think that really helps him. And I think the way he's commanding his box is a lot better than it probably was two or three years ago. Jonathan Gould did a great job with him and it looks like Mike Pollock's doing a, an all right job with him now as well. So, And then you just got to give Ledson a lot of credit. You know, he's just come on so much these past 12 months and I, th- I thought he looked decent again last night when he came on. Probably wasn't, probably was the game to start him but it's who do you drop out in the midfield last night um, to, to sort of allow him but I suppose that's the benefit of having some decent players at the club at the minute, but you've got to give him a lot of credit for the the way he's come on leaps and bounds these past 12 months. I'm going to push you then. Who? Ledson or Deck? Mm. I'm going to go Ledson. Ollie? I think I just think Deck deserves a shout, personally, yeah, because yeah. I think he's the way he's, been, he's come on. Ollie? Declan Rudd's clean sheets are only down to Port Huntington in the last few games. So. <laughs> um, Alan Brown. For that one. Alan Brown for me. Um, I think he's captained the side 30 times in 2020. I think this 2020 is the years where he's grown into more than just a capable player. I think he's now a massive player. Um, I think he's played every game this season when he's been available. I think he missed one game with a knock and then I think he had a five-game suspension. I mean, five-yellow suspension. Um, probably no coincidence that he might have broke down last night because I think he's played the most minutes of any outfield player. Um, pretty much played every game la- la- in the first half of this year as well. Played right back, played right wing back, played six, played as an eight, played as a ten. Might have even had a bit at left wing back. Someone's telling me had a little ten-minute period at left wing back. Um, so, yeah, he's very adaptable, good footballer, good athlete. He's grown into a leader for me. Scored some important goals as well. Has a knack of scoring good goals at good times. I think it'll be a travesty to lose him for free. Um, played 212 championship games now, which is not to be sniffed at in any way, shape or form. I think he's on 270 plus games for North End. You know, everyone's on about hunts. Making I was just going to say, would you class him as experience? Well, Alan Brown's played 60 more games at this level than Paul Huntington. Um, and he's only what is he twenty five? Alan Brown could be, you know, a massive legend at this club. Yeah. Um, see, I think you know Ben Pearson's had his up and downs this season. So has DJ. Ben Davis has been good. You know, Fish has been in and out. Declan Rudd's been fine. Um, 
you know, led some for me. He's been good, but he's still got a lot of improvement. So, yeah, I think Alan Brown's been unbelievable for us. Hope he stays because he's the only one I can see possibly staying. And Al- um, Alex Neal absolutely adores him as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was plain to see, wasn't it, after the derby game in the uh, in the post-match sort of interviews and stuff like that that was put out on social media by the club. Yeah. George? I find it quite hard, this, because the first three months, sort of a bit of a blur, because it feels just a different thing altogether. Than... It feels like last year, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like... Yeah. I can't really remember who, who played well in those games. Um, mm. Just feels like a different, different sort of thing, but... I think I'll go for Ledson just because I really like, enjoy watching him play. I think he's come on so much. Um, was good in last season when he came into the team, kept his place and then took it into this year as well. Um, I think if Pearson and Davis had played more, probably been one of them because I rarely watch them and think they've had a bad game. Um, but yeah, I'd probably just say Ledson with honourable mention to Rudd like um, Jimmy said and I think Barkey as well never really lets us down decent year again I don't know is that five or six this season in all competitions um, so yeah he'd probably be a third third place for me um, yeah my, mine's Ryan Ledson as well um, I think like you've pretty much all just said shout outs to Deck. I think he's improved massively Um but yeah, I don't think you can really look past Ledson. He, he, he's the definition of taking your chance and that's what he did during lockdown and he's just continued it into this season. And I think he's nailed on. When he's fit, he's nailed on for a start in space at the moment. He's coming, he's coming for on, on the second. It's a very good question. I think it depends on what happens in the transfer window in the first two days. If <laughs> DJ goes, then... There you go. It could, it could potentially... Does he come in for Galley? Um, I think... It's probably a good way to come on to the Forest game, to be honest. I think it's going to be an interesting yeah, game, think, to be fair. Yeah. I think Ledson's passing range is the most similar we've got to Galley in the squad um, from that deeper position. So, How far off that would you say yeah. DJ is? Very different player for me. Yeah, but his, his passing range isn't a million miles away. I think he's, he's a short-range short passer for me, DJ. Plays little yeah. slide passes, don't really... Doesn't play raking switches a play. Doesn't really break lines from deep. I think he's intricate around the box for me, DJ. He's a clever footballer, DJ. You know, he's not one of these that's going to ping a 50-yard ball like a, a Pearson Ledson or a Galley. You know, you yeah. see them doing it quite often. Your Ledson plays a lot of long balls per game, but it's because he's, he's passing ranges of that ilk. If you look at DJ's stats, you know, I don't think he'll be anywhere near for long balls played mm. compared to those three. Um, a bit like Ben Davis Ben Davis plays a lot of long balls but that's probably because he's trying to break lines and he's trying to he misses out the second line so yes. yeah um, yeah Forrest then not Go doing on. great are they they're not doing oh, great six, are they 6th of October Hewton took over uh, 18 games in charge they've won 4 drawn 7 and lost 7 they've drawn I think 5 of the 7 draws have been 1-1 one, one as well yeah last 10 games they've, they've only won 1 game they've drawn 4 lost 5 they've only, they're not scoring you know, they've only scored six goals in the last 10 games. Um, there's only Lyle Taylor who's scored more than one goal for them this season. Everyone else has got like, they've got a few players chipping in, but like everyone's just got ones. It's like, I looked and I was like, mm, that's a bit, a bit strange. They've joined the last three games, so at least they're not, they're not lost any last three games, but yeah, they're not doing great. Only, only Derby and Sheffield Wednesday have scored less goals than them this season. I think Graben, um, Graben's been out injured for 
quite a chunk of this recent. There's a lot of rumours. There's a lot of rumours about him leaving, isn't there? Oh, yeah. Really? I don't think he's going to fit in with the Chris Hutton way, if that makes sense. So there's probably a big overhaul coming again at Forest. It seems like they do that every transfer window at the minute in terms of like bringing players in and, and swapping people out. But yeah. um, there was the thing about Grisicki, weren't they? When they've got him, they've got him in on loan, but they didn't submit the paperwork till after the deadline. So he's basically just been in no man's land for the past four months. Like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, obviously play four at the back, play four two three one. So we'll play match up shape for shape. Um, yeah, I've got some decent players, players like McKenna who came from Aberdeen, like him as a centre-half. Obviously, Samba, the goalkeeper. I know he's probably been let down a little bit last night by by the goal they conceded straight from a corner because really the man on the post should be dealing with it instead of just letting it go through because he's, he's literally seen it when it's hit his knees and gone in the net. Um, so if they don't concede such a shit goal last night against Stoke, then they've probably kept a clean sheet. So I just think it'll be a tight game you know they're they're in a bit of a dogfight I think you've got to recognise where they are in the league to to think yeah that's going to be a struggle to get out of unless you start picking up points and start putting a bit of runs together so they'll probably come probably sit quite deep um, and then obviously rely on the likes of Amiobi uh, Knockhart you know decent players at this level to be able to get them high up the Joe Lolly obviously went to Union Preston didn't he um, always had a kind of knack of having a decent game against us probably because we all, we didn't take one on trial did we when he was at UCLan so there's obviously that little backstory. so it's always little interesting bits like that that happen but yeah um, I don't I can't call it it's one of them where on paper you should we should be looking at three points as pretty much a guarantee but well, we've, football, we've, ain't, football ain't played on paper, is it? We've played them 10 times since we've come back to the Championship. We've drawn six of them. We've won three and Forrest have won one. Yeah. I think what's happened there is just a consequence of anything above the manager's head. That is an absolute basket case of a football club. Yeah. Um, I think they've signed something like 40 players in the last like, couple of years. I think we've signed two. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, Chris Uton's come in proven himself in the past but what can you do when you've got 40 strangers you know it's not as easy just putting 11 on the pitch and scoring goals um, so yeah like Jimmy said yeah I've got some good players I think Knockhart's probably not the player he once was probably three or four years ago Amiobi I like him I like Lyle Taylor as well I like Joe Lolly um, so you know we'll have to be careful but yeah, I think I'm quite confident now. I think the home form was always going to turn around because the first five games, teams played five at the back against was really deep. Scored from a set piece or a transition. I think we had a red card in the Stoke game. Swansea a very good side. You know, Stoke are a hard team to beat. So I think we'll win. Um, I think he'll go to a four at the back. So I think he'll, I think he'll drop Earl out, put Hughesy, put Hughesy at left back. Um Potts did well when he came on last night, I thought. Yeah, I um, You know, Ledson might come back in. I'm not sure where Sinclair will be. So, obviously, I think Pearson's still out. But, yeah, you know, if we win, then, you know, I, I think we'll just about be safe um, from, from a relegation battle. Um, and I'm not sure when we last put four wins in a row together, if, if, if either of you know. Um, but I'll be, you know, if we get, if we win four in a row and four clean sheets, 
then I think he'll he'll just about be safe for another week. Well, I think we said a few weeks ago, didn't we? He he tends to follow a bad run of results with a good run. Like he's he's quite, for want of a better phrase, streaky in that regard. Yeah. Obviously, the gaffer that is for anyone might be confused. Eighteen players they've brought in Ollie in the past twelve months. Yeah. It's crazy. Big, big overall. I mean, they spent silly money as well in the summer. I mean, they spent four and a half million pounds on is it NBC or the, the centre half, who's not even getting a kick at the minute. So it's like obviously three million pounds on Scott McKenna from Aberdeen. They're just I don't know how they're getting away with it personally in terms of <laughs> FFP, but yeah. It's one of them, isn't it? I know so mighty cash for fourteen million quid's probably helped them, but yeah. Bringing in, eight, bringing in 18 players and spending quite a bit of cash I just don't I, yeah. I, I just don't know how they do it they'll be it's quite... some decent wages around as well won't they yeah well, it'll, it'll, it'll cost them money to sack the manager as well and then bring in Chris Hewitt Chris Hewitt's not going to be cheap yeah you know and obviously the old the, uh, the chap who got sacked in the summer you know he'll have been on a decent contract yeah he got got him it's the first year last year weren't it then Forrest have gone 12 months without sacking the manager yeah, I thought, I thought he was a full season with manager, but I thought he was quite a good coach. He was quite highly regarded, wasn't he? Seems to lose quite... the plot in that last game, didn't he? Who did he yeah. play? Was it Stoke at home last game when they when they completely blew it? Yeah, they got beat four one and lost lost out the playoffs. Yeah. Goal difference. Like... Big bigger picture though, he came seventh, didn't he, in his first season in charge? And now look at him. I'm quite happy that they're down there. To be honest, <laughs> don't like how they run. No. That's a perfect example of how not to do it and how not to do it if you've got money. Like, it just shows that spending money don't don't equate to success. Yeah. Finish finish seventh and sign fourteen players and then sack the manager who's signed them fourteen players. It's just like what's the point? Like it just reeks of sort of panic and des- sort of desperation when you don't really need to. Like why not keep that squad together? Add a few players and go again like finish seventh because they always miss out Forrest don't they like seventh yeah. is probably one of the best finishes in a few years just like yeah. what is going on there how is that club doing so badly it's like they made 12 signs in the summer before summer 2019 it's like it's just a massive turnover of players I think in that whole time they've signed 30 players we've signed six hmm. and that includes that includes a loan for Andre Green that didn't work yeah. so it's like it's just bizarre. But... Predictions then, fellas. What, what I'll say saying? I'll say another two nil. Jim. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one nil, I think. I think it might be a little bit of a smash and grabber. George? Um one one. I'll go with a one nil as well. I think I think it'll be a I don't think it'll be goals. No, no chance. Watch now it'll be six five like Ollie asked for with a hunt hat trick. That time he scored one in it. <laughs> scored against Forest, didn't he? A few years ago. Great finish as well. Edge at box. Yeah. Um right, cheers. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to episode twenty six of the From the Finney podcast. Um final reminder that you can support us by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash from the finney. And if you aren't already, go and give us a follow on Twitter. We're only about 20 followers away from 2,000 now. And thank you very much, fellas. Appreciate your time as always. And as best you can, have a good new year. Let's hope 2021's better. Can't be much worse, can it? No, it can't really.
Right. Cheers, fellas. Thank you very much. Nice one. Bye, sir. Yeah.